zero, negative one, negative two. We are in here, Black Light. Hello. What's up, guys? What's up, AD? Joe's thinking about oh, it. Oh, that hey, one. I'm so sorry. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. I, I should have said. I thought you were going to introduce up, me or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys. This is Joe Tobison. Is that how you say your last name, right? Yeah, that is how you say my last name. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, where, do you, where do you live, Joe? Uh, I live in Seattle. Hold on, but- before I should just preface this is this is awesome though because literally before we hit record, Joe was like, "Hey, I'm an internal processor. If you ask me a question, you know, I'm gonna take some time to think about it, which is great and thoughtful." And then we just left him hanging there at the beginning. So. <laughs> yeah, I was like, "So, so <laughs> I, I really have to think through what is my own name? How do you say that? <laughs> That's I'm that much of an internal processor. No warning, no. just into the fire. I should have introduced <laughs> you, man." Uh, I always love when people say, oh, no introduction is necessary. But then half the people in the room are like, wait, what? Who is this? Like, I don't understand. And so I, I should get, I should be better at that, at introducing people, especially at the beginning of the episode, because uh, that make, that's what makes sense. So welcome to the podcast. Welcome to Blacklight. Um, uh, Jay, half, sorry, I, yeah. I interrupted while this is all happening. You're, for those that didn't catch it, you're in Seattle, correct? Yeah, yeah. Um, I live, in, I live in, in Seattle, in Seattle proper. Um, and I, I was, I'm born and raised in, in Seattle in the Northwest. So I have lived most of my life in the, in and around the Puget Sound. Is there a lot of natives in Seattle? Cause here in Colorado, there's not a lot of Colorado natives that actually live in Colorado. Is it the same out in Seattle? Uh, yes and no. It's, and I'm going to bet this is the same thing with Colorado when there aren't a ton of them, but when you find them, you'll find a bunch of them. Gotcha. Okay. Like almost all of my friends are Northwest natives, but then else I know the few people I know who aren't like they struggle to find any. And I don't know, it's kind of because it is a transplant city, so people who are new to yeah. the city pull towards each other, and the people who have lived here forever, you know, are still hanging out with their high school friends. Totally. <laughs> you still hang out with your high school friends? No, I don't. But I hang out with all of my friends are high school friends with each other. I'm like the outsider. Oh, gotcha. Oh, really? Do you, Levi, do you know any of your high school friends still? Do you still hang out with them? I do not hang out with them, but mostly because I don't live where they live. Because I grew up in Northern Illinois, and most of them still live in Northern Illinois. But when you so, go back to visit, do you, like, hang with them? Or, like, are um, you in contact I, with them? I'm in contact with them, yeah. Like, not not often contact. It's probably, like, maybe a text, like, twice a year. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I do go back, I usually try to reach out and say, Hey, I'll be around for a day. If you guys want to come over to my parents' house or I have some friends who their parents live very close to where I grew up. I'd bike over all the time as a kid. So I'll like text their parents like, Hey, like I'm going to come over for a little bit and then they'll, all their kids will show up and stuff. So. Oh, that's fun. That's cool. Yeah. I feel like I'm not connected to any of them. So I love them. They're all like good friends from high school, some from college, but my college friends, I still hang out with high school friends. I'm kind of like, like maybe a Facebook message here and there, but you know, I don't really hang out with them and I miss them cause I love them. They're all great, <laughs> but uh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? You could, I mean, you can message them more often. Yeah. There, I mean, maybe today you were literally saying the thing that you can do to solve this problem. I know. <laughs> yeah. Especially now that yeah. you got just so much, so much free time. I just feel like everyone's in different life stages. Ugh, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, there's a, a couple I still talk to actually. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, back the, for me, 
high school was the prime for prank phone calls. And uh, I'm only thinking about that because it's April Fool's Day today. And I used to prank call people all the time. Did you guys pull prank calls at all, ever? I did when I was in middle school, not quite high school. Wait, in middle school? What kind of prank calls did you pull in middle school? We just call people at like 11 o'clock at night and ask them if their fridge was running. Oh yeah, yeah. That's 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 like the nice classic one. Uh, that's cool. Yeah, that's good. I used to call. I used to work at Kmart, and so I'd call Kmart, and Kmart's like Walmart for those who don't know. And I would call them, and I would ha- I would put on a voice that had such a thick accent that they couldn't really understand what I was saying. But I would ask them if they sold kids. Like if they sold children, <laughs> and it was uh, it was very fun because they were like, "What?" <laughs> and they'd always ask, "Like, what are you talking about?" I was like, "Do y'all sell kids?" Like, like what? Like, oh, do you sell kids? Like little brown headed ones, or you know, little. <laughs> anyway, oh it was <laughs> it was very very funny. And back then, when I was in high school, I, I guess right now it's probably inappropriate. But uh, yeah, Joe, what about you? Any uh, prank calls in your day? I didn't. That was never, I don't know. I never was into the prank call scene. Uh, What about pranks in general? Or have you been pranked? How about that? (sighs) Yeah, the best one I I had was in in college, um, one April Fool's, my roommate had taken the uh, rubber band and put it around the the hose on the kitchen sink. So I got up to to make coffee and just all over myself. I don't know. I just... Perfect. Yeah, it was. Or we lived in the like a, uh, a like our college town was a snowy town, and so it was pretty frequent to be in the middle of your shower, and then all of a sudden, a big like bucket of ice, uh, like snow, would come <laughs> flying over the top into your shower. <laughs> cool. Thanks, guys. I love it. I love it. Uh, Levi, have you have you experienced the uh, shower handle rubber band prank? I yes, I did. Uh, not that. Oh, sorry, I didn't get the the shower. Um, or not the shower. I mean, the, like the, yeah, yeah, the, the, the nozzle. Spring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I did. It happened in college for sure. Um, I, I was just thinking though that, like, you know, kind of being a parent to uh, a two-year-old child is kind of like being pranked every day because oh yeah, there's always something that is happening that is not going according to plan. Um, like, what do you so, mean? Like, what, what does she do? Okay, that's like so. My kid, uh, Honor, is two and a half. A couple days ago, hmm. she is becoming. I, her personality is like growing every day, which is amazing. But she, and what I love is her sense of humor is kind of growing as well too. So she like, and yeah, she's like got a two year old sense of humor, but she is like, she's become more goofy, which I think is fun. Um, but I, we will like be making dinner and we'll on her walk in to the kitchen while making dinner. And she'd be like completely naked. Like totally naked, everything's off. Everything. I'm like, what the heck? Two seconds ago, you were wearing all your clothes, and then she knows it's a joke, so she'll laugh and run away, put all of her clothes back on, like, and then like two minutes later, she'll walk in totally naked again. Like, and <laughs> she's so, just going for the reaction. She's she just going for the reaction. She thinks yeah. she knows it. She knows it's, it's funny, and so, and I, I actually is. It is funny. Um, it just like. Also, it's like, okay, now, because you can't put your clothes back on, I have to do this for you. So it's kind of like, <laughs> you know, it's, like it's like a double prank because she's helpless to actually fix it. Um, so, I, yeah, that's kind of, those are the kind of pranks that I am in, currently enduring. I, pranks is maybe a generous term, but uh, dealing with a, a, a child whose curiosities are outgrowing their capabilities. Yeah, and half the uh, time I feel like those kind of pranks are like pranks on my own inability to think through something. 
Like this seemed like a really good idea. And then I look away for a second and then Lena will have figured out the one fault. And I was like, we're, she was washing her toys yesterday in like this big tub. And I look away for a second. I come back and she's sitting in the middle of the tub in the middle of the living room, fully clothed. (laughs) Oh, well, that, I, you know, this one's on me. I should have seen that coming. (laughs) This is my own fault. That's funny. I love it. Yeah. Ah, good. Well, I know we all feel like, uh, this time is a big April Fool's joke. I imagine everyone will be posting that uh, online, uh, how crazy this time is. But at the same time, hopefully we can bring some levity because um, it's not a time to joke. But at the same time, we gotta we got to smile through it all. I mean, you got you to laugh through it all because it's, it's ridiculous how insane it is out there right now. Um, so I think, I think having a little bit of joy can, <laughs> can go a long way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, how are you guys uh, bringing joy into your lives? What's uh, what are some things that you're doing that are, that's keeping you sane? Uh, I'm doing a self portrait project with Lena, um, oh. which has been really fun. So obviously, she uh, she's just now to the point that she understands what a camera is and that it takes pictures and that she gets to see it later. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, I don't know, I've been every day we come up with a different scenario of something that's part of her life. Um, and I take a photo of it and, you know, just like on a timer or whatever, but I've been trying to do it on like medium format film too. So it's kind oh, of wow. fun cause we do it, but then I, I won't develop any of these until this is over, which who knows how long that's going to take now. So it might mm-hmm. be six months until I see these photos, which I don't know. I'm kind of like, is kind of almost hopeful in it is like, a, that means if like some of these photos are terrible, it doesn't matter because I'm going to be taking a lot of them. But at the same point, it's also cool because we'll see more progression of her through the set. And so it'll be interesting. Oh, that's awesome, man. Do, are, you, are you doing some like lighting stuff with some of those? I, I saw some a couple of days ago that you had posted that were um, like, like teal and orange, like lit, like with some gels. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, the, do you guys know what, do you know what magnetiles are? I'm not familiar no. with that. Um, so like the, the little like semi-transparent plastic um, squares or triangles or whatever, but they have magnets in them. So you can put them together in all kinds of different shapes and build and stuff. So especially for like my, Lena's like almost two. Um, and so for her age, it's perfect to be able to put it together and she can make towers and these kind of things. And uh, they're really fun for people who are 30, 34 years old also. <laughs> um, but, uh, so you was using one day she was putting them in front of her face, like, like glasses and then would take them off and was like, just comparing the color difference between them. I was like, huh, well, I wonder if I put flashes and shot the flashes through those, if that would cast colors. And so one of the, the, yeah, one of the days we we're doing the self project, the self portrait project, um, I pulled out a bunch of extra flashes and stuff and then built little boxes of the magnetiles of each of different colors and then put the flashes inside them and then use those as the, the flash triggers to light the scene as Dude, we're taking portraits. That is freaking brilliant. That's wow, awesome. that sounds cool. awesome. I love the inspiration. I, I can't wait to see them when they're developed. That's wild. Those ones uh, are actually all digital. So you, those, are, oh, those are digital. Yeah, but because uh, I was... I don't know. I couldn't figure out how to get that camera to sync with that one type of flash, but you know, it's also, it's a fun creative project because I get to figure out why stuff doesn't work, which is fun. Yeah. No, I love that you're keeping yourself like creatively going. Like I've kind of been sitting here thinking, Oh, I can't take pictures of anything. And I haven't, I haven't taken a photo 
in like a week or a week or two. Um, but I need to, like, I need to find some sort of project to do around the house and find like the internal, the internal stuff that's just right behind me that I'm missing, you know, that's, uh, that's good to hear. Uh, but you said you won't process your film for until this is over. Is that because you only, cause I thought you did it in house or am I wrong? Yeah. Yeah. I, I do all my own developing. Um, I could, I th- I just I think with with this project being a project like this that I want to see the progression over time, I'm just choosing to keep these roles separate, um, and I'm going to do them all together at the end so I can see the whole project at once when it's done. Um, I might, you know, I'll probably do do another. I I develop every other month or so. Usually is what it comes around to because mm-hmm. the chemicals don't stay stable forever, um, so it's easier for me just to build up. 20 to 25 rolls of film and then do all of those over the course of three days and then wait two months and then do another set of 25. Uh, that makes sense. Yeah, okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. I mean, I know that the age old question is film digital, but just tell me what, what's your connection with film? What, what, why um, do you go in that direction sometimes? Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's where I started. So there's definitely a connection that kind of feels full circle in, in film, but, uh, I I like I like doing I like the DIY and I like hard things. Um, like I like figuring processes out, and so film feels um, much more like full circle for me. In that, like I'm taking the photo, I'm make doing the development, I'm doing the scanning. Um, I've started doing darkroom printing, and then I'm kind of trying to have my hand in all aspects of the image creation process. Um, and so from conceptualization through delivery. I have as many touches as I possibly can and I'm just kind of a cheapskate. And so it's fun to, to, to try and minimize the cost and do it all myself too. Mm-hmm. Like, so, uh, wait, are you only a wedding photographer or do you do other, do you get revenue from another form of photography? Um, I do a little bit of nonprofit photography, um, mostly for Heifer International. Uh, they're a, a farm development organization based out of Arkansas, but they work around the world. So uh, I travel with them a couple times a year to photograph uh, for their donor magazine. But other than that, pretty much that's just dope. weddings. That's dope. Yeah, that's really awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Good to hear, man. Wow. Mm-hmm. AD, what are you doing, bro, to inspire some of this uh, joy to keep some sanity? Yeah, so I started doing uh, that book called The Artist's Way, um, I don't know if you guys have read through it or heard about it, but it's uh, it's just designed so far. I've only gone through it a week uh, to find some places that you're blocked or that not that you don't feel creative, but more that your your psyche has been told that it wasn't creative. And yeah. then also uh, sort of. Uh, let those sort of blockages go so you're you're free to to create and uh i think it's also designed um to work on procrastination and just like uh making sure you're working every day and so one of the simple exercises you do is you write uh what they call morning pages and these morning pages are you just it's not it's like journaling except uh, you're not allowed to read it and you will never read it and so it's literally just you unplugged free writing three pages of whatever you want to write for however long it takes in the morning. Um, so there's a few other activities um, that you do, but that, that's been like crazy liberating for me. Like I, 
I don't know. I don't, I guess some, there are some things you just think you need to process and you don't good or bad. You just don't process them or you don't talk through them or whatever. And for me, it's been really, really great to just put things down and not worry about judgment. Like I'm not worried about anyone ever reading it because it's not a journal. I'm not worried about my handwriting because it's not a journal, you know? And so it's, I'm just literally just developing thoughts and letting them come out. And that's, uh, it's been very like good to process things. I didn't even think I needed to. And then all of a sudden I'm like writing all this stuff. I'm like, Oh, 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 you know, that kind of thing. So yeah, that's what I've been up to Dang. lately. That sounds heavy. It was the, a, a few of the, the questions, especially about what, what can block you as an artist. Um, were was was crazy heavy for me just like they one of the questions they literally you would say something like uh, i am an artist or i feel like an artist or there's some more in-depth like little uh things that you might recite and then you would wait for some sort of prompt to come up inside you that negates or refutes that idea in your mind um and whatever that thing was, you would try to get to the the root of whatever that thought was. And so for me, which is crazy that I'm actually going to share it, but here we go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, one of them was, uh, I, I want to be an artist because I can serve the world and then, uh, or my art serves the world. But then the refutation for that for me was that uh, it, in times of need, my art doesn't actually do anything. Like it, it becomes a very surface level luxurious item, which it is. But, and so then I, and then that thought I had to like sort of follow that back and track it back to instances in which um, uh, art itself wasn't given worth. Um, I'm not going to talk about those exact instances, but just the idea that, uh, that it is only profitable to mankind to be, uh, a lawyer or a doctor or something of that sort, as opposed to something in the arts, which is what I am in. And so I, that's just, that's an honest struggle of mine. It's something I always think about. Like, am I actually doing anything right now? Like, especially right now where I'm just in my house and I am not putting, I'm not making art. And, and so, uh, yeah. And so, it's it's literally working on that and like processing through sort of the heaviness of that with me. I don't know if that any of that resonates with you guys because I need to stop talking or I'll start crying. I don't <laughs> want to cry. Um, yeah, I, I guess I'll, I'll ask that question to you. Maybe you guys can help me process through it. Uh, what is the worth of of art or the photograph uh, in in times like these? Wow. Okay. Ad, just uh, it's supposed to be a, a lighter episode. Right? <laughs> no, this is still uplifting, right? You guys, can, I don't know. Is this, your, this is his April Fool's joke to us. Yeah. <laughs> April Fools. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, okay. I think we actually talked about this in the pod before, Ad. Um, so, I, I actually kind of like um, incorporated a bit of these these concepts into my talk that I gave at ARC a few years ago in Vancouver. Cause I, I talked about how like, um, if art doesn't, if your art, if your photography is art, basically it was like this question, like is wedding photography art? Yes or no. What is art and what purposes art serve and how it was really important in my mind that like the art itself 
uh, or that people had a, a greater purpose kind of in what they were doing. Um, kind of going back to the, just the idea that like there is, there's things behind the thing. And I think personally, I think like art in a lot of ways, and I think, I'm sorry, I'll, I'll do one, say one more thing and before I get to that. And like one thing I was kind of commenting on is how a lot of, um, uh, a lot of countries that maybe aren't as economically stable as the U S or maybe have, um, are maybe not as wealthy as the U S cause the U S is generally pretty wealthy across as a nation. Um, the art has kind of been a form of revolution. People use art to kind of like to call out the upper, the higher politic of the government or of the world. And so art has been a, a way to speak out and to, um, kind of create, um, some form of ruckus, so to speak. And in a world like most of America, like up until you know a month ago, I feel like a lot of our art wasn't didn't have some of that same intention. It was just you know we're photographing weddings or people or products or things like that. But I do think that as a as people, um, we can be really intentional with how we live our lives, and the art can be a methodology to making money to fuel the intentional living that we do. So, for example, whether even if maybe one form of art is more of a luxury and if i'm honest like i think wedding photography and as we're seeing kind of now is kind of a luxury it's i mean it's definitely a luxury um that people don't necessarily need or need this this instant um however i think that doesn't mean it's less meaningful because i think the meaning is imparted by the photo taker like yourself ad i think you bring a lot of joy and positivity and hope and i think you add to this world in a very massive way um and i think that if wedding photography is a fuel for allowing you to pay your bills and live and have a job, then like the art is kind of manifested in how you like the value of the art um, is valuable to those individuals, but as a whole to society, because it gives you, it allows you to, to thrive and flourish and, you know, and have food on the table and be supported. I think that that is, you know, a justified, um, I think that it's kind of goes deeper than just the art. Like it's not just say about your art being, um, I don't, yeah, I, I don't, yeah, it's kind of a lot no, of thoughts here, but so no, that's, 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 that's my take. That's great. No, thanks for sharing that. It's like, I mean, you said the word politic and I was like, oh gosh, <laughs> wow. No S, this is awesome. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, no, just hearing you, I, I remember hearing that from you, uh, back then and how moving that is that there's a, there's a power in, in the art or in, even in the photograph that I think sometimes we don't harness. Um, and so knowing that uh, using that power for good, uh, not to sound like a superhero's uh, grandma or something, but is, <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it's super like, it, I think it's untapped. It's something, it's not something that we commonly do because we live in this luxurious world. We don't always say, okay, like, let me use this for good or let me do something that can revolutionize things or change the politic of this uh, nation. Yes. Is that right? Did I use that word? Yes. Right? Yes. I liked it. The, I the like politic. That. Yeah. Uh, what, what about you? 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 Yeah. yeah. What do you think? I, th I think it's also interesting, especially when it comes to wedding photography as a, like a subgenre instead of like other art, because it's wedding photography is like, has such a small audience. Like, I mean, yes, some people's wedding photography is appreciated by more people is taken on by a larger, larger audience and it is appreciated. But in general, like I'm trying to turn, you know, we're trying to take out photos that are art for a very, very small group of people for a couple and maybe for their family. But mm -hmm. because the audience is so small, 
it also allows for the importance to be really different than it would be than, you know, like the Mona Lisa or like a piece of art that's made to, towards the populace. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, I was, Eric and I were reading an article last night um, about uh, like right now as couples are kind of stuck in time in, in, and, you know, obviously that will lead to division and to bringing up problems and stuff that you might have in your relationship. One of the ways to, to get through that is through reminiscing and through to going back and remembering those moments and stuff. And so it's a, like immediately I was like, Oh cool. Well then let's pull out our albums and like set up time to go look through our wedding photos or through our vacation photos and use the, that, that art as a way of um, reconnecting to, to the, the more stable place that we want our relationship to be. And so with that, like wedding photography might not be for the now and it might not be for everybody, but it's a piece that people are going to be able to, to tap back into down the road and be able to use that as a stabilizing force during the rocky times of their lives. Oh, dang. There you All go. right. Whew, okay. Okay. <laughs> Weird flex, Joe, but okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm great at that. I'm just saying what no. it can be. <laughs> no, that was fantastic. And you said populous. I mean, I mean, you guys with your, uh, your P words. That's awesome. Uh, uh, actually, I love that you said populous. That's a, yeah, it's like dang it. Well, I, I mean, you raped out politics. I feel like yeah. I, you know, I gotta pull yeah. out those. I love it. You know, Politic, I have it. That's gonna be the new episode name: Politic and Populist. <laughs> <laughs> With the and, I like the and. Yeah. Oh gosh, uh, you know that's wonderful. Just knowing that there is, there is strength. Um, I guess what what do you guys think if we start thinking about uh, that creator, that guy, like that photographer? that is now not working um how you you mentioned this a little bit uh before we got on the air joe about how to support uh artists in 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 different ways that are that are creating that are trying to do this thing but now they can't um and so we all sit in different places when when we think about that you know what i mean like we're all like it's either some people have savings some people don't i remember i talked to this girl the other day and I love her, it, it, but she was just being honest. She's like, we have savings, but we, they, they have this honest like sensation to hold on to it and to not share it, you know? Uh, and that's just how they feel. They're like, oh, right now we want to kind of hold close. And I was like, well, that's okay. You have other art that the people need to see and that, that can help. And, and she heard that and it was good. Um, and then Levi, we talked about a couple... Maybe we shouldn't talk about it on the air. Oh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, uh, but there is that cup, you know, there, there are people that are dealing with it in different ways. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you can speak more to that question first, Joe, about what you were, yeah. Yeah. And <clears throat> this was, I just, especially as like, there are a lot of people who are not working and I started to see like, you know, uh, print, uh, galleries start popping up on, pe- on people who don't necessarily usually work in like in a type like uh, taking wedding photographers who are suddenly putting out print sales from their travel photos and stuff and, and don't, this is not aimed at anyone in particular but just like how do we find ways that we can support people but it's also not necessarily like supporting each other out of your, each other's poverty but also not like making sure that you're only asking for what you really need and encouraging a community to, to do that too. And those are all in the end, like I think those are end up being a lot of questions that can only be answered by the individual. 
but like how do we create a culture of self introspection that that accurately asks for what they really need and kind of nothing more which is like wholly un-american because we're such a like you know more 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 we want the whole continent country <laughs> yeah i mean i think that's a really interesting like just thought there joe i i, I think it's i just i think i've been wrestling with this notion of like because I know what you mean. I've seen so many people posting, you know, photos and prints and presets and stuff. And that's true. Like we, my the commercial studio set, like we'd literally just launched a pack of presets yesterday because we're like, hey, like we've been wanting to do this for a long time and now we actually have the time to do it. So I'm not. Wait, what? I'm, what did you say you launched? A pack of presets. Oh, a pack of presets. Okay. Sorry. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm definitely like in the middle of this as well too, like in terms of being um, literally on having, you know, being part of what you are calling out in a sense. Um, and calling out maybe is a bit, a bit of overstretch of what you're actually saying. But I think the question is just saying is, yeah, like how do we, how do we support each other when there isn't as much going around as it typically is? And I guess, I'm, and I've also just been thinking like, there's that side of it, but I'm like, man, like people are out there just doing the best they can. And so like, and once other, they're trying to make money for their, for themselves or their families or do what it takes. And they're just trying to get creative. And, um, I know. I just think it's it just sucks because I think that it's a really hard place to be in when you kind of feel like you're up against a wall and don't have a lot of options. And um, I think everyone's like, "Give me money and get here's something I can exchange and you know, give you an exchange for money um, that may not have added as much value to life as something else." I, I don't know. I, I just like I feel I know what you're saying, and I'm like I'm not sure if I have right words for it. I'm just like I'm just mm-hmm. caught up in this wrestling moment of like, man, like how do we how do we really support each other and do that really well? Um, but also not like, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Listen, I, I think there's so many different levels to the support that we can offer. Um, one, I know mental health is just going to be a crazy issue for people right now. Um, and so whatever people can do mentally, even if it's just having phone calls or the zoom meetings or all the zoom game nights or all that is like, it's so profitable just in the trench, the trenches to like get through uh, the the low point. But I, I keep um, likening everything to the disaster of uh, of when we I worked down in the Gulf after uh, Katrina. After that storm happened, it, when you're down there and someone says, "Hey, go go to you know." the corner of fifth and main to fix the house that's on the side, you know, you can't do that because there's no road signs. Like there's no map to the disaster that, that we're feeling. And so I, even though there's no like, like actual environmental damage right now, I think the landscape is so raw that we, we don't know how to, to do it, especially financially. I think it's one of the toughest things because everyone is feeling it. I mean, some yeah. people do have savings, obviously, but it's such a communal hurt that even, honestly, there's some people that for them, giving them $40 or something like that or 50 bucks goes a long way to feed mm-hmm. their family mm-hmm. in this state. And so I, I hate to be the guy that's like, oh, you got to just make people smile because listen, you still have to, people have mouths to feed, especially mm-hmm. people like us, like photographers who are artists who this is their job and hopefully they have retainers, but 
I don't, I want to support them artistically, but I also just like, Hey man, like maybe this is the thread of humanity that we've been missing is just like, Hey, we're, we can, maybe there's a way to shift the idea, the ideal of, uh, the American resolve to have and want more and shift mm-hmm. it to a thing of, of, of a spread out sort of communal, we are in this together as opposed to I am in this and so are you. Do you know right. what I mean? Right. Um, yeah. And that's I, a, I like that assertion idea. That's a, I like that. It's, a, it's and, almost an interesting callback to what Levi said just a few minutes ago about like, instead of making art itself being counterculture, but like it would almost be like the artists or like the concept of art, or like the community of art being countercultural. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I, I think like, I mean, trying to take a different paradigm than like photography. I think one thing is like, so uh, for those that aren't in Colorado, there's a, a coffee shop here, a roastery called Huckleberry. And I think we talked about this last week in the podcast, like Huckleberry, um, our friend Cohen owns it. And I think he, he posted on Instagram about them having to lay off like 30 plus people and like a week ago. And so they're, they closed both their cafes. They reopened one cafe that's close to my house. And um, just for a couple hours a day, they're doing only, you know, to-go orders and whatnot. And so I try to go, you know, with honor and support them. But one thing that they're talking about there too is like how um, they're posting on their Instagram saying, hey, like the reality is like coffee is not a really sustainable business model. Like it's hard to make money and we don't charge enough money for things as they cost. Like he's basically saying like, Hey, for everyone to get paid fairly for like a cup of coffee, for like a latte, it should be close to like six, $7 so that the barista gets paid, the shop gets paid, the you know shipping shipper of the coffee gets paid, the farmer gets paid. Um, the person who's picking the coffee gets paid. And it's like, you know, to get a cup of coffee for three bucks is, he, you know, they're saying is like, isn't really um, the margins are just so thin when it comes down to it, to people getting paid fairly. And so one of the things they're posting is saying, Hey, Hey, our, our prices are, are going up, are up right now. And that's because like, it could be temporary. Um, it could be long-term. It may go down. It's hard to say, but suddenly, Hey, we have to really rethink like what's valuable and what's the state and like, how does it, and I think that's, so that's just a context. And the reason I mentioned that is because I'm thinking like, you know, I think, I wonder if there's an element of like in photography of people recognizing like, you know what, maybe the things that we are taking granted of taking for granted um are valuable more valuable than maybe just like getting a free instagram post or a free content thing and so even like joe uh, i saw those photos you posted um with lena your daughter with the self portraits like with the the the, the quote-unquote gels that you made and I, they were dope i'm like those photos were sick and so i'm like those photos are awesome but i'm like maybe i, I personally like to support you I'd be like man i would be stoked to pay like five bucks for you to like even write a blog post like, you know, here's the photos, here's how I did it. And recognize like, you know what, maybe, maybe content um, is more valuable than just how we treat it. Cause I think we treat content right now. Like, Hey, we've got to, you know, if we give away free content drives people to our work and you get SEO and you get backlinks and people like link to it and then they share you, then you get promoted. Then, then you, then you land work that pays you. And I think there is this element of just wondering, like, I wonder what, how COVID um, is going to impact how we do our work and, and possibly giving more value to people that are doing really great work and maybe supporting people on, instead of being like, yo, here's, you know, here's a print that I'll buy that this flower is going to make $10 off of, or $15 off of. Maybe there's some like, you know, this information that Joe's doing this hack that's worth five bucks from 10 people. Um, and yeah, maybe it's not tons of money, but it is adding a lot more value to the world in my mind. And it's a lot more creative, a lot more thoughtful. Um, 
that I can go on and actually use that to further my own work or other people's work versus buying someone's print that I have to now frame and put my wall and stuff like that. And um, not that those things aren't valuable. And I know people are just doing with the best they can, but I'm just curious how this hmm. is going to possibly reframe how we see things like that. Yeah. Maybe supporting each other means giving people money for their thoughts and ideas, not just taking as much as possible. And I think that's, that's kind of what I'm getting at. It's like maybe the, the support mentality, like you were just mentioning, Joe, is like the community behind it. Like, Hey, if we're, maybe we're recognizing people need to get paid for stuff. And if we, if we made that, uh, the standard forever now and said, let's give people a fair shake, what would that look like, uh, in terms of helping our community thrive? Wow, that's a long thought, but that's <laughs> we finally got there. I mean, I hope I, I I don't know. I I I hope that is true. I hope that people do see it and say, "Oh my gosh, like we need to fix this," and not in a personal way, but in a communal. Way. I really do hope that, but I'm I'm often you know Panglossian when it comes to these things, and so I don't want to I don't want to be that way. Uh, and so I want to be very realistic because part of me thinks also that maybe at the, uh, the other side of this, people will have a very realistic, like, like sort of idea of success that they'll say, Oh, maybe a coffee shop isn't a sustainable business model and I'm not going to do it. You know what I mean? Or maybe Mm -hmm. photography isn't, and we're not going to do it because maybe all the businesses that are only a week away from turning upside down or the photographers who are, you know, five days away from sanity. Did, did we talk about this, Levi? I can't remember. But I don't think so. Okay. Anyway, but uh, we'll we'll redefine what success is in a positive way. That they'll be like, okay, well now I need to, I need to buckle down and do this sort of work, or I need to like stop. You know, and I, listen, I, I'm all for the dreamers. I that's that's me. Um, but again, don't want to be Panglossian when it comes to certain things. So, so you're going to make fun of our words and you pull out Panglossian? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I, I guess we have to throw that into the title as well, too, now. I don't know how to spell that one. But. During, during, during Leonardo's time, were you just like looking at thesaurus.com for the best word you could think of? I totally was. I was, <laughs> I was like, all right. Because Levi said something else that started with a P, and I was like, come on, really? And so now I was looking to. Uh, a paradigm. I said paradigm. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh, that's a good word. And so I was looking for... Uh, oh, my gosh. Unreasonably optimistic. It, yeah. I'm looking freaking dictionary. Yeah, AD. weird P words. So <laughs> I was literally looking through this whole long list of words, and I was like, you, oh, yeah, I can fit that into something that I'll say. And, uh, yeah, it was wonderful. And, and thank you very much, AD and the computer, <laughs> for... Letting me win this little competition inside. Yeah, I'd say that word wins, words. man. That's that's the best word. Yeah, I am. You you have the best words. Yes. Yeah. The, the hardest part was making sure <laughs> I was going to pronounce it right and like make it sound normal. I was like, all right, I got to just slip this in, you know. And then no one said anything the first time, so I had to say it again. I was like, did they not hear me? <laughs> I, I heard. You. I was just like, oh, okay, okay, uh, all right. Yeah. Then, yeah. He came back for it. Uh, I also love uh, love uh, Joe's. Uh, um, Trump quote that he just threw in there real quick uh, about AD having the best words. Oh, dang. Oh. <laughs> you know these things if you're on Twitter, though, AD. Yeah, I'm definitely Twitter not on Twitter, so I don't know anything about Trump quotes. Oh. When Trump was running, he has, was quoted for saying, I know words, I have the best words. That was his exact quote. Oh, my um, gosh. Which and then is the, the Daily Show has been doing... Yeah. 
a bracket of like the best Trump words, which is like his dispensations <laughs> in like a March Madness style head to head competition. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Uh, well, re- there is one thing I do want to plug because I think it is it is relevant to our audience here. Um, uh, Joe had mentioned at the very top of the episode too, but talking about positivity, like I, I mentioned very, very briefly on the podcast. Um, I think when maybe it was even on this podcast, I think it was when we were talking to Adam Mason on uh, the bearded tag about things we're working on. And I had mentioned that we, my business partner in set, Josh and I are launching a, uh, a clothing company. Um, and so all that's been delayed, uh, because of COVID, which is totally fine, but we had some money set aside for marketing and, we were like, you know what? <laughs> Instead of just like marketing this to people that can't buy products, we don't have products ready to ready. We're like, what if we just gave it away? And um, so we are doing that actually. And we, uh, if anyone's familiar with a, a podcast called The Gray NATO, they're kind of owned by Hodinkee and part of their podcast network. And it's you know Hodinkee and The Gray NATO are about um, watches and lifestyle. Um, and so Greenado, James from the Greenado, like also they said, hey, we'd love to throw in an, another 500. And so right now on that, so our clothing brand is called Pedro and Taylor. Um, there's nothing to buy. There's no, it's basically just a landing page right now with some info about the brand and then this contest. But we're basically doing a photography grant where anyone who signs up um, is going to be entered into a contest. And we're having a couple of judges, um, India Earl, who's been on the podcast before, um, Chris Burkhard, James Stacey from Grenado, Elliot Clark, um, and this guy Kyle Snar, who um, is writing for Vanish Today, another uh, um, aggregate blog. Uh, they're all going to be judges for this contest. And so it's pretty... It's all anonymous. Basically, once you once you submit your photos extracted from your name, and then everyone can kind of vote on on images that way. Um, but we're going to be giving away a thousand dollars to one person. So, um, what's the photo contest? Sorry, what what do I have to do? Basically, you have to go to pedrontaylor.com, P-E-D-R-O and A-N-D Taylor T-A-I-L-O-R dot com, and you basically fill in your name. Um, the theme of the contest is a life of wonder, which is the slogan for for the brand. Um, for a patron Taylor and any photo that embodies a life of wonder to you, what do you think that means? You literally upload that, give us your name. Um, and so we know who's who and submit and that's it. So it's very easy. Uh, the contest ends on April 7th. So in about six days from now, um, and then the judging process starts. So it's pretty easy. It's just people trying to use their photography to kind of embody a life of wonder. Um, and what that means to them. And we'll find a winner to give basically on a winner to give a thousand dollars to. So, um, that is one thing that we are doing currently to just try to give back to the world versus just trying to take more. Um, so it's like, it seems like this is a better use of, uh, if we're going to talk about our brand, like we, if we're gonna be a brand that actually cares about doing good stuff, like let's actually do good stuff versus, um, just talking about it. So, um, so yeah, if anyone is, because I know our audience is mostly photographers and it's, you don't have to be a photographer, anyone can enter. Um, but I was like, you know, I think it's worth mentioning because that's something we're trying to do to just inspire some positivity into the world. That's awesome. Oh uh, yeah, that's awesome, man. Uh, thanks for sharing that. Um, do you guys know of any other, just for the listeners, because maybe someone out there is actually like, hey, what other places can I look for money? Um, or try to make money or what are other ways that people are supporting um, artists right now? I, I know there have been some 
like grants and stuff like that people can apply for. I was literally looking for them on my phone, but I couldn't find them. Um, I should have had them ready, but I'm not good at things. Um, <laughs> You're only good at looking up P words. Yeah, <laughs> P words. That took me way too long, actually. Grants um, start with a G, so it's a problem. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's like, well, where do I find these? <laughs> these random... Uh, yeah. So, but if there's any other ones, maybe uh, maybe we'll just open that up for people to text in, and then yeah. we can share them on our uh, Instagram like, or other yeah. Things, our next so episode. if people are looking for um, for grants, because there are grants for artists from different foundations uh, all over the place that people are just coming together because they see this as important, um, and they're supporting people financially. Um, and then where can people follow you, Joe, actually? Uh, you can, uh, Instagram is jtobiasen, so J-T-O-B-I-A-S-O-N um, is my main Instagram. That's also my website, jtobiasen.com. Um, or anything else, just Google my name, Joe Tobiasen, and it's the advantage of having a unique last name is that there's not a lot of us out there. And Actually, I don't think, as far as I know, I'm the only Joe Tobiasen in America. Um, <laughs> oh, wow. Mm, that's nice. So... I'm sure there's other ones, but I'm yet to find them. Uh, and <laughs> they don't matter. They're definitely not. They're, their SEO is terrible. So <laughs> There can only be one. So there if can, you do there, find another one, you should take we'll care to, of them. We'll have to find our dome, yeah. You should take care of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Uh, dude, thank you so much for being on with us. Levi, uh, thank you, I guess, for being on. Um, <laughs> No, that was great. Um, and oh, dude, and you guys are making bread, Joe, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, like especially that first week of us being home, uh, Erica went on a bread making craze. I think she made like twelve rolls of sourdough in the first Whoa. week. Wow! Um, like we were just handing it out to our neighbors, and uh, not surprisingly, we got a little burnt out. So we put that in the back burner for not not yeah. the burner for a few days, but. I think now we're kind of hoping to get back into an in-between that we get bread again because once you get used to having good sourdough in the house all the time, it's hard to suddenly not have it. It's so hard to go back to regular bread after making sourdough. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, I pulled a loaf out of the – like a regular loaf of bread out of the freezer for my sandwich right before this, and it was substantially inferior. So Uh, I Um, thought you were going to say you pull a loaf out of the freezer and you use it as a doorstop. And I was like, yes, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Those old, old nasty store-bought loaves, only good for one thing, propping up windows. That's what I say. Wow. Uh, Yeah, come at me, Sarah Lee. Come at me. (laughs) Uh, yeah, no, that's good, man. That's good. I, I always love seeing it. And, uh, I saw she made a couple of amazing loaves. And when I remember the photo I saw, I was like, Oh, she's like into it. That's good. So she, she's, she's pretty good. Um, she's very good at making food things and it's, uh, nice to be the partner. Um, cause I benefit from that a lot. And I feel like this is like, I don't know. Have you guys felt this at all? I know we're supposed to be ending, but has food tasted <laughs> Has food tasted better to you guys since COVID nineteen? Has anyone? No, maybe. I mean, we definitely okay. we've invested more time making good food than we have in a long time. Okay, right? so your meals are just better in general. Um, we're just we have nowhere to go, so there's no excuse, and we're not like, oh, well, should we just kind of whip this together? Or you know, it's just like, well, we've got two hours. Let's make <laughs> something delicious. 
let's make a room a lot or uh, I don't know. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, I mean, I've, we are, yeah. we are making a lot more food at home. Like we're going out once a week, basically. Um, so I feel like, I feel like we've been eating pretty well. I'm like, I kind of like just like this, this, uh, Corona diet more or less. Like we're just like home cooked food and mm-hmm. real ingredients. Yeah, no, we are eating in, in every day, but the problem is every one of my roommates now loves cooking. And so, we are eating like kings. So last night we had burgers and hot dogs and corn on the cob from the grill. Tonight we're having chicken and waffles because we're all just like, oh all gosh. right, let's just try this. Let's let's go in, and everyone wants to impress on their turn. And so I'm making fried chicken and waffles, sourdough Dang. waffles too. Yeah, so we'll Bro, see I'm coming over tonight. Yeah, that no, is you're deep. not. It's COVID. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, just you can sit on the doorstep. No, you can't. It's the fence is off limits. So. You said uh, I'm inside the fence. I'll be sitting there. You can sit there. I'll stoop. watch you as I eat my food. I'll just <laughs> licking my waffles. I'll probably throw one on the ground uh, for wow. Kaylee to eat. Yeah. You know what? I was I was gonna go and surprise Hillary after her shift at the hospital with one of Ad's sourdough waffles, but after that, man, I you can't you know say what? that. I, All right, I'll, I'll give the nurses anything. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, this is good, right. guys. Thank you so much, yeah, Joe. Yeah, thank you guys. This has been really fun. Right on. Peace, guys.